heaven. The Holy Spirit did not live inside of people. But Jesus was telling us that there was a day coming that when those who believed in him received him, that something transformative was going to happen in their lives. And this Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, was going to come inside of us. And then he said, those who believe, he said, the spirit that is in you is not just going to sit there. He's not just going to be there abiding very quietly. He said, the spirit that is in you is going to make noise. The spirit that is in you is going to flow out and he's not going to be quiet about that. He's going to flow like rivers of living water. Now, that may excite you or it may scare you to death. Because if you are a Christian, that means you don't have the, 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 the choice. You're not supposed to be allowing the Holy Spirit just to be sitting there. Hello? Now, I shared a little bit of my story yesterday with the seminar, the people who came yesterday. So forgive me if you've heard this part before. But I, I wanted to share with everyone that, uh, as you can tell, I'm from Georgia, and I was raised in the city of Atlanta, Georgia, and in the suburbs. And uh, I was raised in a very traditional church where uh, we sat very quietly in our seats on Sunday mornings, and when we worshipped, we worshipped like this, and, or, we, or we used a book, uh, and we, we sang very reverently, and everything was very much in order, and we filed out very quietly. It was a very traditional church. It was a very traditional Southern Baptist church. But when I was 18 years old, just about to go to college, this very weird lady came to my church, and she ended up being a Sunday school teacher for the college ministry class, and I was getting ready to graduate into that class because I'd graduated from high school. So I went ahead and went into that class uh, just before I was to go to college, and this lady was our teacher, and I asked a friend of mine, what is it about her? She doesn't act like any Southern Baptist I've ever met. And they said, we don't know. We heard she's something they call a charismatic. And I had no clue what that was. It sounded really bad. It sounded like some kind of a disease or a back problem or something. <laughs> so I went and asked her, what is that? And she kind of was a little hesitant at first. She said, well, I'd be happy to tell you more about that. But she said, why don't you come to my home and let me share with you about that? See, I didn't know that our pastor had actually told this woman, do not talk about that in the church. So she was being very obedient to the pastor, and she was also being very sneaky. <laughs> because I came to her house, and she opened up her Bible, and I'll never forget, her Bible was all written yellow and pink and blue. She had all kinds of things underlined and writing up and down, and I was I like, I never seen anybody write in their Bible like that before. And she turned to this verse in John 7, and she talked to me about the fact that when you become a Christian... Uh, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, but God doesn't just want His Spirit to live inside of you. He actually wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit. And she said there's a second experience 
that every Christian can have called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's when the Spirit who is in you fills you to overflowing and all of a sudden the Spirit is flowing out like rivers and He manifests Himself in God's power. And she's like, this can be an experience for every Christian. And my first question was, well, why have I never heard about this before? Because, I mean, I grew up in this church and and, and we read the Bible every Sunday. and, And they were always telling me, if it's in the Bible, you should believe it. But somehow we were skipping over some parts. And so I said, why didn't they tell me this? And she was very nice. She wasn't. Uh, criticizing anyone, she just simply said, you know, they have not had this experience, but if you'd like to, uh, you can. And she gave me some other scriptures from the book of Acts and from Paul's epistles, and then she loaded me down with these books, big stack of books. And the first book on the top of the stack was a book called Why Should I Speak in Tongues? (laughs) It was all new to me, see. And my Southern Baptist mother at the time was praying for me. I think she was a little concerned. I was getting ready to go to college and wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, be stable in my faith. So she's praying that I'm going to be really, you know, walking with God during those college years. And then I walk in the door that afternoon and I've got this big stack of books. Why should I speak in tongues? (laughs) She goes to praying even harder for me at that point. She didn't realize that God was actually answering her prayer. So I read those books and I read those scriptures and I read this passage in John and I went for a week. I was just, you know, pouring over this and I decided finally I'm going to do this. And and I I, I decided I would go to my church. Nobody was there. It was a Sunday night. I I pulled up in the parking lot about nine o'clock at night very hot uh, evening in the summer, and I went to the volleyball court of our church and just sat down on this concrete step. And for the first time in my life, I raised my hands like this, because we didn't do that in my church. I don't know why I did it. I'd never seen anybody do that before. I'd never seen anybody raise their hands. I'd never heard anybody shout to Jesus. I'd never seen anybody prayed for with laying on of hands. I'd never seen any of that in my life. And then I I raised my hands and I said, Lord, I want to ask you right now to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And then I just kind of went like this. Because I didn't know. I mean, I read about wind and fire and Pentecost and something was going to come from heaven. And so I was prepared for, I didn't know what. And do you know what happened? I mean, it was like a Holy Ghost electrocution happened on that property. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on Southern Baptist property. And the first time I ever heard anybody speak in tongues was when I did. Never heard that before. Didn't even really know to expect that except I had read this book that told me that that might happen. And it happened to me. And you know what? I can draw a circle around that day. I'm dating myself here. September 5th, 1976. And... 
my whole life revolves around that moment. Because I, I was changed at that time. Now, I had given my life to Christ when I was a child. I was baptized in water, and I did believe in Jesus at that time. I, had, I made a sincere commitment to Christ at that age. But the transformation happened for me when I so fully yielded myself to the Holy Spirit and I just said, Lord, you can take me, you can use me, you can have me, you can do whatever you want to do with me, and I give you permission to fill me with your Spirit, and it's really okay if you start moving through my life. And I had read this verse, and I didn't know what rivers of living water really meant or what that was going to mean for me, but I can tell you that rivers started flowing at that point. And I did not stay quiet after that. So this morning I want to look just briefly at what actually happens when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit because I take Jesus at his word here and and what we read in John 7, it says that you're going to be different when the Holy Spirit starts flowing through you. There are too many Christians in the United States today who have made a, a, an initial commitment to follow Christ, and, they, and, and we've been very, very happy to receive the benefits of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And we know the Holy Spirit abides with us, and we know that He's our comforter, and it's really nice to have the Holy Spirit with you and to feel His presence and to know that He's going to be with you through hard times. And it's wonderful when we're going through difficulties to have Him whisper to us those nice little comfortable promises that we have read in the Word. And we all love that, right? But that's not all the Holy Spirit is. He's not just there to quietly abide with you. He is also there to powerfully flow through you. And this is where I think a lot of us have missed it. And it's one of the reasons why our nation today is in the quandary that we're in. Because too many Christians are sitting on the power of God and squashing it and putting a lid on that power. And it is time for God's people to take the lid off. So, I want us to look at this verse because, you know, uh, many of you here in this church, I believe you've had the experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and you teach on that and you're a church that believes in that. Whether you call this a charismatic or Pentecostal or a spirit-filled church, you guys are all of that. And it's okay and I don't mind those labels. I don't care if people label me that because I believe in the power of Pentecost. And a lot of times when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we emphasize certain things. A lot of times we emphasize speaking in tongues as a manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as I just told you, I had that experience. And uh, anybody who wants that experience, I believe that it can happen to you. And we'll be happy to pray for you this morning if you would like that to happen to you. But I want to emphasize that when the early church was filled with the Holy Spirit, that was not the only manifestation. And this is one in Acts 4.31 that I feel like we have missed. When people ask me, well, what's the manifestation? What's the evidence 
of a person who has been filled with the Holy Spirit, I always turn to this verse, Acts 4.31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered was shaken. Everybody say, shaken. Shaken. Because when the Holy Ghost shows up, things just don't stay the same. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Their volume was turned up because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Not just having the Spirit living in them. It's one thing to believe in Christ and to have the Spirit come in you and you're born again. And because the Spirit comes inside of you, you're born again and you experience regeneration. That's awesome. But there's more. Amen? Tell somebody next to you, there is more. And you can have more today. And many of you in here need more. There's not a limitation on this. There's no oil crisis in heaven. There is plenty of oil to go around. And God wants to fill every tank in this church. He wants to fill this church with more of His oil. And when that oil comes... People get louder for Jesus. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. My friend Doyle Piper, I want to I introduce to you my friend Doyle. Doyle, please stand up. Doyle is my buddy who came with me on this trip from Minnesota. And Doyle and I were staying at the Hampton Inn down the road here. And, and uh, for the last two nights, we've had to call the front desk. Because there was a family right above us. Um, Hopefully it was none of you. (laughs) And I don't know how many children were in that room, but more than you should have in a room. And they were, I think, having some kind of gymnastics contest. (laughs) And so there was a lot of bumping and jumping and running and a lot of noise at 11 11 p.m. And and so we had to please ask them to tone it down. We, we were asking them for quiet. Okay, so what I'm talking about today, when I say it's time for you to get louder, I'm not talking about being obnoxious and keeping people awake at night, necessarily, unless God tells you to do that. But this scripture tells us that when a person is full of the Holy Spirit, they, they're, they're different. And no matter what their personality is like, Uh, they are going to be vocal about their faith. And that is a fundamental evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't have permission to be a Spirit-filled Christian and never talk about Jesus with people. Amen? So let's look at three different things that are going to happen to you if you are really... Filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and as we talk about this this morning, you can just sort of evaluate your own life and, and just ask, where, where are you in terms of these three things that we're going to talk about? When a person is full of the Holy Spirit, they are going to become bold to speak. Amen? Amen. Uh, in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, another verse that I love, and we talked a little bit about this Yesterday, Paul told Timothy, his spiritual son, who he set in as the leader of the church in Ephesus, 
And Ephesus would have been a very difficult place to minister. Ephesus was a very dark place. Ephesus was a place that was full of demonic forces. It was a stronghold of, of devilish influences. And you can imagine in first century uh, you know, Roman Empire times that Paul and his small group of Christians, you know, he, he's, he's planting these small churches and then he sends this young man, a convert, his father's Greek, his mother's Hebrew, and he sends Timothy there and sets him in. And it probably was one of those places where you can just kind of feel a heaviness in the atmosphere. Have you ever been to a city where you walked into that place and you just thought, this, this feels yucky. That would have been how Ephesus felt. And yet this is what Paul said to him. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity but of power and love and discipline. So Paul was exhorting his spiritual son. You know, I know it's hard. I know it's dark. I know there's a lot of resistance in the spirit. I know you probably feel like you're under this cloud. But son, you're going to have to rise above that and you're going to have to break through the resistance because, and the way you do that is through a spirit of boldness and you've got to break free from the spirit of timidity. And I want to declare to you, Christians of Detroit, that there's something that's been over the atmosphere of this region. There's something that's been over the atmosphere of Michigan that tells people to be very traditional and, and to behave themselves and to be quiet and don't confront and don't, don't uh, you know, rock the boat. And, and this has especially been in the, in the Christian circles that we just need to be very conformed. Uh, you know, to our, our traditional culture and let's just kind of go along, go with the flow and, and let's, let's be kind of quiet and let's just be nice. And you know what? I think that has to be challenged. Amen. I'm not saying to be obnoxious, but I'm saying God wants to get into your sound system this morning. Are you willing to let him tinker with your wiring? Yeah. Are you willing to let him turn some knobs in your life and pour a spirit of boldness on you that is going to shock you and shock your family. Amen. Some of us have been quiet because we have inferiority issues, because we have rejection issues, because we maybe don't really think that highly of ourselves. Maybe we have a low self-esteem. People struggle with that for a lot of different reasons. Maybe they were abused, maybe they were bullied, uh, maybe their parents said things uh, when they were growing up that made them feel, uh, have a low opinion of themselves. Uh, I, I've prayed for people, maybe that they were illegitimate and because of their family background they were embarrassed and so they never felt like they could just be uh, vocal. They didn't want to be the center of attention, they didn't want people looking at them because uh, they felt bad about themselves and so they just kind of wanted to blend into the woodwork. And I understand that. But folks, when the Holy Ghost comes in you and Jesus cleanses you and changes you and removes the stain of your past, you don't have anything to be embarrassed about because you've been cleansed. 
You've been changed. You are now a new creation. And so that means that you can boldly come before the throne of God and you are now his son or his daughter and you can ask him whatever and he receives you and he's your father. And, and having the father's love and knowing his love in your life and having that intimate connection with him should absolutely melt all the inferiority that you're struggling with. Amen? Are you willing to give that to God? Because we've got to allow him to change us. Because nobody else is going to be going out there and telling people of Detroit about Jesus Christ. Folks, we're it. It's not somebody else's responsibility. Each one of us has to do this. And a lot of us are at that place where we pray a lot of times, Lord, here I am, send him, send her. Let Pastor Tim preach really strong today. Because it's Pastor Tim's responsibility. No. Pastor Tim's responsibility is to ignite a fire under you to do this. It's not his job to tell everybody at your workplace about Jesus Christ. I told you about my experience. I got filled with the Holy Spirit sitting on that volleyball court in 1976. And then I went to college. And I was like an accident waiting to happen. I was just like, I want to tell somebody. I was excited. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's something that wants to tell. I, I would go around and just pray for people. I remember uh, after I turned 21, I got so excited because I thought, I can now go and witness in a bar. And I'd never hung around in bars. I didn't really know what they did in there. But I decided to go in this bar in Rome, Georgia, and I, and I walked in, and I sat down by this man, and I ordered a Coke. <laughs> and then I looked at him, and I said, Sir, how's your relationship with God? And he looked at me really funny. And he said, I come in places like this to get away from people like you. <laughs> and I thought, good. Here I am. Now, I don't know if that's your ministry. Maybe you don't have a bar or ministry. I never really developed that too much. I didn't do a lot of that. But you know what? Somebody needs to do that. And it's boldness that would make a person do that. And I've spent a lot of time overseas, and I hang around with Christians in in countries where they're persecuted. And I always come back from those trips just absolutely humbled when I see how my brothers and sisters in places like northern Nigeria where Muslims are attacking them. I I spent time with these people in Kaduna, Nigeria. One man was missing this hand and this arm because people had attacked him with machetes. And another lady, uh, she told me about how she watched this uh, Muslim gang come to her town and they were burning houses and killing Christians, and they threw children into this deep well and threw concrete blocks on top of them. And it was horrifying to hear. And then I said, so are you leaving? She said, we can't leave. She said, if we leave, who's going to tell these people about Jesus Christ? This is the kind of courage that has given us this Bible. 
This is the kind of courage that the reason why the church ever advanced through history is because of boldness. And here we sit today in 2018 with all kinds of comforts, all kinds of blessings, and yet there is a city all around us that is crumbling and in need of the restoration and the healing and the salvation of Jesus Christ. And folks, that city's not going to be reached without boldness. And today we're going to pray that a spirit of boldness will come upon you. And I believe there's an impartation that he wants to release this morning to turn up the volume of Christ Community Church. And I'm going to believe that when we pray for that, that it's also going to have an effect on other churches in this city while we're praying. Amen. 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 So tell the person next to you, it's time to get loud. Number two, not only are you going to be bold to speak, but you are going to be bold to praise. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit sitting on those volleyball court steps, the church that I attended in suburban Atlanta, Georgia was totally vanilla. (laughs) Totally white church. This was 1976. And back in, in 76, things were still a bit segregated still. And so, you know, life was just kind of that way, but it was, things were starting to change. And I'll never forget, you know, I, I was in that church where we worshiped like this. But then after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, somehow I ended up on the other side of town in this African-American church. And I was the only white guy there. And the first thing that I noticed was these people praise God in a different way than we do. And they were not being quiet. I mean, they were clapping. They were shouting. They were swaying. They were dancing. They were having some church up in here. And, and hands raised and tambourines and, I mean, I remember just going, where have these people been all my life? Because when the Holy, that's another thing, that's another sermon, but when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, you know, one of the first things he does is he breaks down the walls because the Holy Ghost doesn't like racial walls. He doesn't like gender walls. He doesn't like any of those kinds of things that man puts up. And so the Holy Ghost is always breaking those down. So if you get full of the Holy Spirit, I promise you, you're going to end up with people who don't look like you. But I learned something from my African-American brothers and sisters, because they'd, they'd been reading some scriptures that I hadn't read. And they'd been reading some scriptures that we didn't talk about in my church. Because I don't ever remember anybody telling us to dance before the Lord in the Baptist church. Or, you know, to shout or to clap. We didn't even clap in our church. I mean, that was considered radical. (laughs) It was radical when somebody back in the back said, Amen! And everybody was like... (laughs) They would even talk about that over lunch. Somebody said, Amen, in church. (laughs) But here's the deal. 
When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, God turns your praise up several notches. It's, 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 a, it's a manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this verse from uh, Psalms. Uh, this is actually from Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5, if you want to turn there. This is David speaking. It says, for in the day of trouble, everybody say trouble. He will conceal me in his tabernacle and in the secret place of his tent he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. And this is a theme all throughout the book of Psalms. That when you're going through hard times and the enemy wants to turn you down and he wants to soften you and he wants to quiet you and that's why he sends these difficult times into our life and you know we, go, we all go through difficulties, depression, we go through challenges, we go through financial problems and there's all kind of things that have been hitting you from all sides because the enemy would like to knock you out and quieten you down. But what our response is supposed to be is Okay, devil, you want to come at me like that? You want to throw those things at me? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come back at you right now, and I'm going to turn up my volume, and I'm going to shout to God. I'm going to declare how great and how mighty he is. I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to turn up the volume of my praise, and I might even move my feet. And if you have a hard time, maybe you're challenged in this area of dancing before the Lord. <laughs> you know what you can do? You can just find your favorite Spotify channel or your favorite Pandora channel. Or you can just put some Kirk Franklin on your phone like I do. And I just turn that on and I just have myself a Holy Ghost hootenanny. And you know, you can do that by yourself. David was in his secret place. Nobody was watching. You know, you don't have to be embarrassed. You can just close the door. And people are wondering what's going on in there. <laughs> but some of you need to do that. Some of you have been too quiet in your own time with God. And we get this religious idea that God is somehow just sitting there. And that he's quiet and that God is just so reverent. It's like this, you know, I don't know where we got that idea because the Bible says heaven is full of sound. Heaven is noisy. And, the, and Ezekiel 1 says the wheels of God are turning. When you go into heaven, you're going to hear the sound of whirring wheels. You're going to hear the angels singing. You're going to hear the, the choirs of heaven and all the redeemed are singing about holy, holy, holy. And they're praising God 24-7. And there's not any nighttime because we're all up all day and all night singing to Jesus. Amen. Some of y'all are getting tired thinking about that. But he wants to turn up the volume of your praise. And this is going to be the breakthrough for some of you. I have learned that when people 
release praise in fullness and in power and in and turning up the volume of their praise, it directly affects the volume and their influence this way to others. If you're too quiet in your relationship with God, you're going to be too quiet in your relationship with other people. And you're probably not going to ever tell anybody about Jesus. So are you willing to turn up the volume on your praise? Last. You're going to be bold to speak. You're going to be bold. And when I say speak, I'm talking about telling people about Jesus Christ. You're going to be bold to praise. And then third, you're going to be bold to prophesy. And I would, I would expand this a little bit and say not just prophesy, but you're going to be bold to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that something comes to the surface in your life. And those spiritual gifts that are resident in the Holy Spirit, He wants to manifest Himself. And if you ever noticed, if you read 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 where it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, most of those gifts involve your mouth. Yeah? And some of you are still sitting there thinking that you have a right to be quiet. But God says, I created your mouth. I gave you a mouth for a reason. And I want you to use it to talk about me and to, and to manifest my, my glory and to share Christ with others and to speak my message to others. Okay, this is, what, this is where uh, people say, okay, the preacher is now meddling. Because some of y'all are looking at me like, mm-mm. Nobody's going to tell me to talk when I don't want to. But you know what I notice is that every person in the Bible who was called by God to be a prophet, that was not what they were wanting to do. They weren't going, Lord, pick me, pick me. That's not Moses, that wasn't Gideon, that wasn't Jeremiah, that wasn't any of those people. In fact, when God called those people to speak, they always had excuses, they always wanted to give God all the reasons why they were the wrong person. Lord, you got the wrong number. I think you meant her down the street. No, God wants to use you. He wants to use your mouth. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians, this is our last verse. I, I want to read this from 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3. It says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. We are all supposed to desire earnestly to speak for God. Hello? 
How many of you desire earnestly this morning to give your mouth to God and ask Him to fill it with His message? Now, that doesn't have to mean that you shout a prophecy out in church like some people did this morning, which was wonderful, and I appreciated that word that came about fear because it was like, okay, God, that's the message for this morning. God's speaking to us about getting rid of our fears. Did y'all hear that? But prophecy is not just what happens in this meeting this morning. We prophesy, we give God's message in many different forms and ways. And you may go to the gas station after this service and while you're pumping your gas, minding your own business, the Holy Spirit may, may say, go over and ask that man over there what his biggest prayer need is right now. Are you willing to do that? Or he may even speak a word of knowledge and say, go tell that man that God loves him and that he knows what's going on in his family right now and he's watching that and he cares about him. Can you do that? Can people in Michigan do that? It might be against the grain and it might be hard at first, but I promise if you start doing that, if you, if you will break through the resistance at first, it's going to become easier and easier for you to do it. And you're going to start seeing results and you're going to be like, wow, did you just see what happened when that person broke down and cry, crying at the gas pump? And you're praying over them. I've had that happen. And then you're praying over them. And then somebody comes up to you and goes, is this the prayer line? <laughs> is that, there's somebody over there praying for people at the gas pump. Can we come over? Amen. I promise you that can happen. It has happened. Amen. Start the prayer line at the gas pump in Roseville. Wow. I believe God is here this morning, the Holy Spirit is here this morning to shake some things, to remove some lids off of us, to break us out of our culture and out of our routine and out of our Michigan mentality that he wants to break through that. And I'm not knocking y'all from being from Michigan. Please understand, I'm not, I'm not uh, making fun of you. I'm saying that I think there was an agreement yesterday that there's something in culture here that causes people to behave themselves in such a way that we, we, we don't really want to you know, offend anybody. We don't want to be too brash or too loud, and so we hold back. And God is putting his finger on that today and saying he wants to break that fear off of us. So here's what we're going to do as we, as we come to a close. I'm going to ask if maybe some of the musicians could come back because uh, we're going to end this by just praising the Lord, uh, turn up the volume of our praise for uh, a few moments. But there are people in this room today that you know there is a spirit of timidity working in your life and you want to be free from that fear and you want to be able to just surrender to God and say, I want God to use me. I want him to speak through me. I want to, whatever he wants to use me to do, whether it's sharing Jesus with others, whether it's prophesying, whether it's manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm tired of being too quiet and I really, really want to give God my mouth and I'm willing to say, Lord, you can have it. And this is really asking him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. 
Now, some of you have already had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and maybe you already have the gift of speaking in tongues, but you still feel like there's that, that missing element of boldness. And so whether you've had that experience or not, I'm going to ask you to respond this morning if you want God to fill you with that boldness. Because I believe there's going to be an impartation this morning, and I believe he's going to, uh, he's going to open our mouths wide and I believe that this church is going to get louder for Jesus. Amen. So the way we're going to respond this morning is going to put, uh, it's going to deal with your fears. Because the thing, if we're a shy people, the thing we hate is when somebody says, get up and come down here. We don't want to do that when we're shy. We don't want to do that when we're timid. But if you want to break through that timidity, I'm going to ask you right now, I'm not going to beg you, but I'm going to ask you to get up and walk down here to this altar. And we're going to gather at this altar and I'm going to break the spirit of timidity and fear off of people. And I'm going to ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit, to fill you with boldness, to fill your mouth with His message.